The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. On today's episode of Below the Surface, Trident Room host Brennan Jackman sits down with senior producer of the Trident Room podcast, Mike Wish. And uh, before we get into the meat potatoes of what makes Major Mike Wish, let's uh, let's take a trip down memory road and kind of look at, hey, how was it like growing up? Where did you grow up at? And then let's go back and say, like, hey, what were your favorite superheroes or villains? And then what was that special dessert that you got uh, that you look forward to at the end of the day? Oh, man, you're leading off with the with the tough ones, huh? Yeah, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if my story is all that special. I was a military brat. Uh, my dad was an Air Force guy, so we moved around a ton. And um, so I moved in, uh, where I lived in Germany and Florida and Nevada and all, all over the place. So we kind of settled around in Colorado. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't talk about my childhood all that much, not out of you know disinterest or anything like that. But uh, I suppose, let's see, uh, favorite superheroes? Uh, you know, it's always a toss-up between Superman and Batman. You're supposed to pick one, you know, but Batman doesn't have any superpowers. But I don't know if the Superman character is all that interesting because it's hard to connect with somebody who's uh, impervious to everything and godlike, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's a – anyway, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like those. And I guess, uh, you know, I'd have, probably have to say the Ninja Turtles, actually, if yeah. I'm going to throw it down on. That's four. Is that my cheating right now? I just picked four no, instead I think, of one? No, I think you're good. I think – is it all four? Was it? Well, I mean, Michelangelo had a yeah. special place in my heart, right? He's Mikey, and he loved pizza, and I love pizza, and he's a big jokester, and I attempt that anyway. Yeah. But uh, actually, my daughter recently, she's four and a half, and uh, we she wanted to watch uh, something different on TV than what we'd been watching. And we watched the original Turtles, and uh, I I didn't think she'd stick through a live action movie, but we watched the original and Secret of the Ooze last weekend, and she loved it. So nice. I was feeling very very childlike. So. For the secret of the ooze, is that the one with Vanilla Ice? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, with Ninja, Ninja? Rap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that's man. good stuff. We were dancing; it was solid. Yeah. yeah, it was a good weekend. Awesome. So, favorite dessert though? One thing you always gotta. If you had only one dessert, what would that be? Oh, it's gotta be cheesecake. Oh man, yeah. are, are you from New York? No, no, no. I'm oh. just, yeah, I, I ended up after moving around so much. We ended up, so we settled in Colorado. But I mean, you can love cheesecake and not be from New York. That's, that's okay. True. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. So yeah. No, yeah, that's, that'd be my favorite. Awesome. All right, so then, so then, moving around, jumping around with your parents, being a military brat, was that the inspiration behind you joining the military, or was there anything else? Yeah, my dad was an Air Force pilot, and so I kind of always wanted to fly, and that was, you know, dream of mine, I guess, as a kid growing up. And and then in, when as I got into high school, school was less important to me for a while. It kind of took me a while to figure out how to how to be good, a good student and really care about school. You know, I enjoyed the subjects that were interesting to me, but if I didn't find it interesting, I really just didn't put in the effort. Um, so that changed kind of towards the end of high school. And I, you know, I did okay. I mean, I had okay grades and, and that kind of thing, but, um, you know, to, to go to the Air Force Academy, like my dad did and all that, I, I, I was not competitive. So, um, I kind of had to figure out what I wanted to do. And, uh, I looked at the national guard and I looked at the Navy and I looked at some different things and, uh, I think my, my stepmom actually ended up dragging me to the Marine recruiter one day. I was kind of set in the, in the options that I was considering. And she took me in and it just had a whole different feel to it. And it was very much like, I don't, I don't think you're going to make it here vibe. And that I, he knew how to 
get me excited and, uh, you know, appeal to that part of me, I guess. So, yeah. um, anyway, I ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps for a few years. Um, and then instead of going to the Air Force Academy, I couldn't imagine leaving the Marine Corps. So I applied to, to Navy instead and, and got in at Annapolis. And, um, and then since we're down that road, I, the, the, the pilot training was really backed up uh, when I graduated in 2010. I think it was taking like a whole year to even start school. And I just didn't want to wait that long. Uh, when I was enlisted, I had missed the deployments to Iraq. I'd gone on a mew. And so I felt like I was missing the fight. And we were pulling out of Iraq and we were kind of re-engaging again in Afghanistan. And I didn't want to miss the fight. So that's kind of why I decided to go ground side instead of air. And, you know, I don't regret it. So Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, and looking at that spectrum, right, from the Air Force to Marines, that's such a different spectrum. Um, so kind of, if you will, kind of look back on commissioning day, right? Uh, your family was there. Uh, was was that a proud moment for you, right? I'm a prior enlisted guy myself. So that was a very proud moment in, in my life and time. Um, just kind of reflect back on that and, and, and tell me what, what happened. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, it's right up there with graduating boot camp, honestly, right? When you get the Eagle Globe and Anchor for the first time, that's an extremely emotional moment. And um I, you know, I'd say they're they're very tied, honestly. You know, and then once you've been enlisted you, and you get engrossed and, and captured in that culture, you know, it's hard to shake it. And you do have to learn the differences between the enlisted and the officer culture. And, um, you know, nobody wants a, a staff sergeant as their captain, right? You know, there are different roles to fill there. And I think I knew that, you know, when I commissioned. But uh, And I was very excited to commission. And mostly I, I remember... Um, after, you know, it took me a while to work my way up to NCO. And then really right after I became an NCO, I went to Navy and I kind of started at the bottom of a new ladder. And I, you know, you work your way up as a midshipman, you know, to, to your senior and, you know, you still, you kind of feel like you're at the top of the ladder, but you're still not an officer. And so I think for me, that was like the first time where I felt like, you know, I had kind of made it right. And, you know, Hey, maybe I'll be treated a little bit better. And, you know, then I checked into TBS a couple of <laughs> months later and, you know, that, yeah. that whole story. So yeah. yeah, everything changes. You just keep, you just the whole, your whole life, you're going to start at, at the bottom rung of a new ladder, right? Even brigadier generals, uh, probably have a very rough life, you know, at the bottom of a new ladder. So it's just kind of a, you know, it's just the way, that's the way life works, I think. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. All right. So now kind of do a snapshot, um, life in the Marine Corps now as a field artillery officer, right? What does that look like up to NPS? And then looking at NPS, right? What are you studying? What are you trying to get after uh, for the force and and going forward? Yeah, the, uh, well, I'll try to do like the highlights because yeah. nobody wants to just sit here and listen to me run off the bio. But um, I went into artillery and I, you know, coming out of TBS, I had the infantry and tanks and artillery in my top three. And um, I didn't really know what to make of artillery, but I was excited about going into the field. And, um, I ended up at a, at a rocket unit, a high Mars unit first. Um, I, I did enjoy that. It had a unique mission. It has a huge role going forward in the Marine Corps and the way that we're going to employ in the future. Um, but my favorite assignment is artilleryman was followed following that, uh, where I went to Fort Sill and I got to teach, um, at the, uh, you know, the Marines and the army share that schoolhouse there. Um, and I got to teach gunnery at Fort Sill and that was a real pleasure. I loved teaching uh, lieutenants. Uh, I got to teach army lieutenants, marine lieutenants, and um, that's probably 
just in terms of a nine to five, that's been my favorite part about the Marine Corps. Yeah. I mean, certainly leading Marines overseas. And I don't think anything can beat that, but in just terms of a day job, nothing was better than, than teaching at Force Hill. So I really enjoyed that. And they got to go back out to the fleet, do some various billets at the battalion or regiment level, and then have a half battery command, the opportunity to command golf battery 211 last year. I guess it was almost two years ago now. Yeah. Um, and take them on deployment, which was kind of the highlight for me yeah. in, in the artillery world. So, man, that is awesome. So now, now that you're at MPS, right? Um, what are you studying? Right. And, and going forward uh, after NPS, what's next for uh, Major Mike Wilsch? Yeah. So uh, the program, so I was a physics major at Navy and the, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for my B billet, I had a few things kind of on the table and I knew NPS was one of those things because I like school and been a, been a while since I'd done, you know, some technical uh, nerdy work. Um, in academia. So I thought that, that would be a great option. And when I was looking at the catalog of things to do at NPS, I was very confused by the physics department yeah. because NPS called it something different than like the academic side of the house called it than what the Marine Corps called it. Right. So you had, you, it was called the combat system science and engineering. But then when you go to that page, it's all physics. <laughs> right. And then when you look at the Marine Corps kind of catalog, they call it ordnance systems officer. Right. And so these three things sounded very disparate to me. And I didn't, I don't think I realized they were all the same thing for a while. And I was trying to figure out how I could come here and do, do physics. And it turns out they were all one and the same thing. So, um, but only, I think they only send maybe one or two Marines a year into that program. Uh, but fortunately as a physics major at Navy, I think that kind of set me up for success. So I, I put it number one and I was fortunate enough to come here and do that. So, uh, I am in the physics department here. Uh, because I do have a, a strong physics background, I started. To t I took a lot of extra math courses. Yeah. You know, those two subjects are tied very closely, and I'm fortunate enough to have gotten enough classes out of the way that uh, I've been approved for the dual. So I'm doing math and physics, oh, which yeah. is a great uh, conversation starter at parties. People really love those two subjects. Right. And they really want to hear me talk about them. So yeah. Yeah, I can see how that goes. All right. So math and physics, man, that that is awesome, right? And and I think that. Those sciences, especially in our uh, specialties, are not very prevalent. And so taking the lead on that, like you said, one or two uh, Marines get that slot. So that, that's, really, that's really high up there on that achievement mark. Yeah, I appreciate it. MPS really focuses on like, tangible skills, right? Because the idea is that when you leave here, you should go to a billet, or at least most of us should go to a billet, where then you're going to use what you've learned here to help right the force or the fleet and or the services in general and that is easier to do on uh on the side of academia that has more skills right so like engineering or you know can you build something or can you evaluate something or can you analyze a set of data and then when you get into like real hard core math and physics uh, there's a side of that that is very difficult i think for the services to say well how does that apply right you know, if you go study quantum physics, how does it help the Marine Corps? Right. And there's that's a legitimate question. Yeah. And my response is, one, the departments here are very good at ensuring that everything that you learn in those disciplines, that you learn the applicability for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's called combat system science and engineering, because you're not just taking quantum physics, right? But then you're going to go take a high energy laser class and you're going to... Uh, you know, look at the applications and the advantages and disadvantages of various systems. And uh, so it's, it's definitely an applied uh, 
perspective or lens that those programs are put through, which is great. And then, but the flip side of it too, and, and the reason why I think these programs are super important is that they blend everything together, right? So right. if you can speak the math language, you can talk to the computer science guy, you can talk to the OR guy, like you can really, you can understand everybody, where everybody's coming from in their perspective. And I think as an officer in the future, right, uh, when you're on a staff or maybe you're headquarters Marine Corps somewhere, that, that being able to bridge and blend multiple disciplines and then be able to articulate the real problem to someone who's not an academic or doesn't have that background, right? Like the commander that needs to make a decision about something is, is incredibly important skill. So, so I think they're very useful and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to be in both departments right now. Yeah, no, that's definitely awesome. So if you can talk a little bit about your thesis or your capstone, which one are you picking? Um, and then, and then what are you, how, are, how far are you in that? And, and what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, so I graduate next year, so I still have plenty of time. Uh, but uh, Professor Abe Clark out of the physics department plucked me early. Nice. Like, literally my first quarter, he was like, hey, I'm doing some drone work uh, for a Marine office. You're a Marine. You should come do this. And I was like, yeah, all right. And uh, and I just I didn't realize I committed myself to an additional free year of labor <laughs> for that project. But it, it, I've really enjoyed it. So I think that's what we're going to push forward on in, in terms of a thesis. And we're still formulating exactly what that looks like. But yeah, the, the general idea is that uh, the drones are going to be a huge factor going forward, and they already are now. And then the, the, it's really, though, a wide open space in terms of military application, right? And one of the things that we're looking at, we're looking at a very kind of specific problem where, you know, maybe I have a high value unit, right? It could be a, it could be a general or it could be a radar site. I mean, whatever it could be. And, and I have some set of defender drones, maybe one, two, three, uh, that can uh, defend this high value unit. And then I have some set of attacker drones, right? Nothing too crazy right now, maybe on the order of 10 or 20. And, uh, and they're, they're on some, you know, some attack run to, to destroy this HVU. And what the goal is, is to have these defender drones not be flown by a human, right? But to have an algorithm necessary programmed into it where a Marine can just plug in some initial conditions. It can fly off and it can do its thing. Right. So I see this many bad guy drones and they've got this kind of weaponry. Um, You know, I plug in those initial conditions and my defender drone flies off and is able to engage and attack those without any further inputs from me. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, it's a huge, right. In nerd, nerd speak, like there's a huge variable space here, right. A huge set of parameters and that is, it's very difficult then to narrow down and classify and categorize, you know, uh, areas of the problem that, that that you can then apply scientific tools to approach and, and try to solve. Yeah. Uh, so it's a big space mm-hmm. and um, we're kind of poking around and testing different things and coming up with different ideas and trying to optimize, you know, defense strategies and trying to create initial condition, you know, guesses and and, and work through that. So it's 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 interesting work and it definitely pulls in both the physics and, and the math which is nice yeah yeah just even imagining what you're talking about darpa has this program called mosaic warfare right and and that's what it kind of looks like it's the autonomous warfare that we are going to in the future and how those systems can communicate with each other more in line of tiles in a mosaic pattern rather than directly um, and, it, and it makes for the enemy to have to engage each system separately um, because not one is directly tied to the other. 
and I think that's I think that's highly interesting, and I'd love to see where it goes as you move down that path. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that, so I'll have to check it out. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of folks doing drone stuff here, the uh, system engineering. I know there's a bunch of guys doing a capstone there. They present next month, so I'm, I'm excited to see what they they have. There's some there's a uh, uh, you know the, well, the greatest part about it is very interdisciplinary, right? Yeah. Uh, so you got math folks working on it, and uh, you know even moves, right? Trying to create simulations so that you can actually see what's happening, and uh, you know you can brief folks on how to employ your forces. Um, Physics, you know, in terms of you know, how do you attack these guys? You know, is it uh, high-powered microwaves uh, off your Defender drones, or is it ground-based high-energy lasers? So, you know, it just brings in a bunch of different uh, different disciplines, which is great. It's kind of hopefully what we're supposed to do here. So, right, Star yeah. Wars, here we come. Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, in the army, we always say uh, when you when you're about to get out, right? What do you want to do when you grow up? Or what? what is your big boy job going to be? So as you move towards the pinnacle of your career, right, and you look towards the outer side, what, what would you want to be when you grow up? Or what would your big boy job uh, look like once military is in your rear view? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do when I have to start adulting for real. <laughs> um, you know, I joined the Marine Corps when I was 18. Yeah. Yeah, so that was 18 years ago. I just realized that actually. Right. So half my life now. <laughs> and, um, and I I still love it and it's still a lot of fun. So I'll answer that question. But part of the answer is kind of dependent on the path that I take for the, you know, the kind of the duration of my career and what that looks like. Yeah. So one of the nice things that when I was figuring out what I wanted to do at NPS and I saw the physics program is I really wanted to figure out, well, what, what, what does the Marine Corps want me to do after that? Is every program here for the Marine Corps, there's a billet tied to it. And you have to go fill that, you know, utility tour um, as kind of a payback for being able to come here and, and just nerd out for a, a year or two. So I was trying to figure it out and it took me a while. And I finally got a hold of somebody who was teaching at the Naval Academy who I, who I, who I knew and uh, I didn't realize he had done the physics program. So I, I contacted him and I said, hey, what other billets, you know, could you fill? And he said, there are no other billets. If you're a physics major you know, here at MPS and in the Marine Corps, you go to Navy and you teach. And that was a win-win for me, yeah. slam dunk, right? Because I would love to go back there. I, you know, I love teaching at Fort Sill uh, for the artillery community. I, I would love to go back and teach uh, physics or, or weapons systems engineering. But wherever they'll have me uh, would be a great, um, great road forward for me. So that is my next assignment. And uh, what I'm going to do after that is really a big open question. Uh, with my prior enlisted time, you know, maybe maybe that's the end of the career. Maybe I get there and I just desperately miss sleeping on the ground and <laughs> eating MREs and and shooting howitzers. That last part of which is going to be very true. Yeah. Um, and maybe I, I really want to get back to the fleet, right? And so a lot of Marines have to try to curtail their assignments so they can get back out, get their opso exo time. Um, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of options. I I recently applied for the PhD program here actually, oh, nice. which would have kept me here for longer. Um, didn't get it. I was an alternate. So, you know, if you're not first, you're last, yes. right? It was might as well just not have been picked. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So, I, you know, if we're going to apply for that again, I can apply while I'm at Navy. That might be an option too. And and that is a brand new program for the Marine Corps. And it's, it's you know, the path is still being created on what that looks like. But it certainly would keep me out of the operating forces for the duration. Um, and it's a huge commitment on the back end, right? So it's two to three years here for the PhD and then a six year commitment, you know, two years for every year in school for that. Wow. Um, yeah. So if, if, you know, if, if that's the road we go down, 
then I'll just have to adult in the Marine Corps uh, for for quite a bit longer. Yeah. Um, in in any case, I don't know is is the <laughs> honest answer. When I get out, I do love teaching, so you know I would you know, certainly in high school or college, I you know, would very much enjoy that. Um, I've never been in the business world. I know a lot of you know officers find their way into business, um, you know post post career, but I, I don't know if I would enjoy that. Right. Um, just to just to stretch this out a little bit longer. My favorite, one of my favorite parts about the military is that you get to start over in a, in a, almost a new field every couple of years, right? Right. So I've I've gotten to be in rocket units, I've gotten to be in cannon units, I've gotten to be a commander, I've been in the ops section, I've been an instructor, I've been a curriculum developer, I've been a student. You know, the list goes on, right? When I was enlisted, I was an avionics technician uh, in the in the air wing, and so I feel like every few years I just get to do something new and cool. And I've spent my entire adult life in that mode. I imagine it might get a little tiring and boring and monotonous if I just get out and find the same old job, yeah. you know, and, and do the same old job for a really long time. So I don't know. I have no idea what the future holds and that's okay. I don't, hey, I don't yeah. mind there being a little. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is okay. Well, Hey brother. Um, I, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, great, great talking with you. And uh, we will see you on the next podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, it's a little weird being on this side. I think I like asking the questions better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I like being under the gun. But yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. For more information about today's guests and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tridentroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash trident